I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources. I'm Greg Scordis filling in today for Boyd Matheson, and those are some pretty big shoes to fill. When we talk this next segment, we're going to talk about an interesting article that I've read recently about the current labor shortage and uh, some remarks that were made by Labor Secretary Marty Walsh in the days and weeks leading up to the midterm election where he talked about an imminent, what he called an imminent catastrophe should Congress fail to introduce and implement comprehensive immigration reform package. Here's what he had to say. Well, I'll tell you right now, if we don't, if we don't solve immigration, we're going to have a economic, we're talking about, uh, we're talking about worrying about recessions. We're talking about inflation. I think we're going to have a bigger catastrophe if we don't get more workers into our society. And we do that by immigration. Uh, we're joined uh, this morning by Chris Richardson, former U.S. diplomat and co-founder of Argo Visa, general counsel and COO of BDV Solutions, and an expert on immigration policy. Mr. Richardson, thank you so much for joining us on Inside Sources. Thank you for having me, Greg. And I said good morning, but it's actually afternoon. I, you know, <laughs> it's already been a bit of a day. So tell me this. Can you tell, can you tell our listeners your immediate take on Labor, Secretary's Walsh, Labor Secretary Walsh's comments? Yeah, his statement is true from an immigration perspective, but it also doesn't show or demonstrate that he has an understanding of what's going on in his own Department of Labor. Um, immigration not just functions on the Border Patrol. Really, there's a host of agencies that are involved in immigration, and the Department of Labor is one of those organizations that's intricately involved. So the purpose of the Department of Labor and immigration is the Department of Labor has to make sure that any jobs that a foreign national applies for, that those jobs offer wages that are equal or comparable to the foreign national. It's to protect the American worker and the foreign national. So that process that used to take three, four months for that Department of Labor to do now is taking 18 to 24 months uh, for the Department of Labor to do. So in effect, his department is holding up legal immigration. And so he's talking about this need for Congress to act and for the presidency and the Congress to do something, when in fact he himself can do something about his own agency and how they're slowing up the legal immigration process. So let me ask you a follow-up on that. What What is the Labor Department's role in the immigration process, and, and maybe what should it be? Mm-hmm. So the Department of Labor, it has extensive processes in place to ensure that Americans aren't denied work in favor of immigrants. That's the purpose. It wants to make sure that before employers are allowed to sponsor an immigrant for employment, 
that they must first offer those jobs to Americans. They don't want a simple rubber stamp process. They want a real process, and the Department of Labor is to ensure that there are fair wages being offered to both the immigrant workers that don't disadvantage the, the American worker. And that's all very true and very important, but it's a process that once upon a time was a much faster process. Um, now it's just taking a lot longer due to the backlogs, due to COVID-19, due to the prior administration. Um, there's a lot of things that he could be working on, but those things that he should be working on are in his own department. Um, it is important that he talk about the need for comprehensive immigration reform, but right now employers are seeing that their time frame that they need to get these workers is taking a lot longer uh, because his department is also taking a lot longer. Chris, what do you say to the argument that that we see a lot here in Utah, and that is that there are so many jobs that that aren't being filled and that could easily be filled by immigrants who need the work, but but a lot of our of our citizenry just aren't willing to take these more low paying jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that the important component about this is that yes, there are foreign nationals who want to do those types of jobs. Um, but we have to make sure, one, that the American um, worker is protected. And I get that, and I understand that, and that's really a, a critical, important point. Uh, but the Department of Labor has to be able to do that in an expeditious and fast process, not just have bureaucracy for the sake of bureaucracy, which is a lot of their uh, components. Or it's just bureaucracy for the, for the sake of it alone. Um, there are immigrants out there that want to do these jobs, and we have to have a vibrant, strong, and just and fair legal immigration process, a legal immigration system. If you have a broad-based, large legal immigration system that puts less pressure on the border, you have less chances for people to try to use back doors like asylum to start working. And that's what we're seeing, and that's what the crisis in the border is largely about, is because these people are really economic migrants looking for work, and really asylum is the only way that they can get their, their, their work permits, right? If you had a Department of Labor that's functioning, you have a Department of Homeland Security that's functioning, you have a legal immigration system that's functioning that puts much less pressure on the border, and people won't have to do things like crossing the border and, and waiting at the border and attempting asylum to get into the United States to, uh, to work. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do when a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. So so tell me this, if I'm, if I'm a, a, a citizen, I'm, I'm, I've got a kids in junior high or high school, and, and we're sort of trying to decide where the jobs are going to be in the future for, for our, the people that already are here, where, where, where are we, where's our colleges and universities and trade schools supposed to be looking as we go down the road? 
You know, the great thing about the United States and this country is that there's so many opportunities and so many different, so much potential for everybody in our country. Um, it's not just about one particular group or class or religion or race um, or even immigrant or not immigrant status. It's all about this country is innovative, it's dynamic, um, and it always invents new things, right? And so what we need to see is that our government work hard to make sure that we are moving out of the way, and especially with bureaucracy like we're seeing at the Department of Labor, to ensure that those opportunities are there for people, that are there for not only for the foreign nationals and the Americans of the future, or Americans now, rather, um, but that we have a system that's vibrant and can cut through red tape and issue these people and get them to the Department of Labor process, the Department of Homeland Security process as fast as possible, so that Americans and the foreign nationals can tap into that potential that they have to do any job that they want, to be able to work in any industry that they want. Um, and that's how that uh, having a, a bureaucracy for the sake of bureaucracy and not having that Department of Labor working, that hurts Americans, too. That hurts the American college student. That hurts the American businessman, because you want to have a government that's allowing people to be able to tap into the potential and move as fast as possible and expeditiously as possible. Uh, Chris, when when we're listening to the remarks of the Labor Secretary, is is he echoing the the current policy of the administration as it relates to immigration? Is the administration doing enough uh, with its immigration policies? I think that I think that a lot of people, the Department of Labor is big, right? Like they deal with a lot of issues, and I don't think that everybody necessarily understands the role that immigration plays in each of these departments. And so maybe Treasury has a role in immigration, the Department of Labor has a role in immigration, and he might not just know what he has in his own backyard, right? And so maybe he doesn't necessarily understand all the intricate details of the immigration process. But I do think, though, that the administration, while being very, very strong and trying to be vocal on the border, because that's where the news cameras are, uh, we need to figure out the legal immigration system. If we have a functioning large legal immigration system, one that's appropriate and looking at the documents in the right way, again, you'll have less pressure on the border. And I don't necessarily think the Biden administration is is doing that. I think that the president needs to have an all-hands-on-deck kind of attitude and not just look at, well, how are we going to deal with just these people seeking asylum? But how are you helping and affecting the millions of people who've, quote-unquote, waited in line and have tried to do the legal immigration process the right way. Because if you're telling people that, hey, you can either do it by declaring asylum at the border, or, you know what, um, you have to wait 24, 36 months to go through a lot of paperwork, and we might not even give you this process at the end of it, people are going to pick the asylum route, right? And so that's what we're seeing. And I think that the, the administration needs to focus a lot more on how are we going to have this legal immigration system working so that we won't have this pressure of the of what's going on at the border with the asylum system, uh, Chris. We kicked off the show with the remarks of from the Utah State Governor in his State of the State address, and he's addressing the Utah State Legislature, which started its session about a week and a half ago. And we've only got a minute left. But one of the things you mentioned in your article is that there's an option to maybe give more of this processing power to the states. What do you mean by that? Um, as in, like, so within the states themselves, they have their own departments of labor. Um, that look at and help the, the U.S. Department of Labor in making sure that the, the wages are, are correct and also making sure that the recruitment process for the foreign nationals, um, or rather for the, the American citizens, is, is correct. And so what I mean by that is the state can take a larger role in ensuring that that recruitment process is, is, is expedited and is fast and is efficient as well. And so even in something like that, the states can take take 
take the lead. But at the end of the day, it's on the U.S. Department of Labor and the administration to really want to see these wait times lessen, to see these backlogs lessen. And they're going to have to be really creative and dynamic about it in a way that we haven't yet seen. Thank you for joining us. That was Chris Richardson, former U.S. diplomat and an expert on immigration policy. That was a really interesting discussion. I wish we had a little more time with him. When we come back after the break, new charges about to be brought against Alec Baldwin, actor involved in a tragic shooting on a movie set. Stay with us. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.